Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about how a runner can heal a stress fracture. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running, even if you've been injured. And when you get a stress fracture, there are really three issues. The first is inflammation. The second is tissue damage. And the third is too much stress preventing healing. You have to address all three if you really want to get better quickly and get back to running. Now, the very first stage of a stress fracture involves inflammation within the bone itself. Some of the pain you feel when you press on the bone is actually because there's inflammatory fluid accumulating between the hard calcified part of the bone and the fibrous outer covering of the bone called the periosteum. When you have fluid stuck in that layer, it causes pain. You can also have inflammation within the medullary canal or the hollow cavity inside the bone itself. Now, to get better, the first thing you have to do is address the inflammation. You have to get that fluid out. There are a lot of different ways to do this. You You can elevate the foot up above your heart. You can wear compression socks. You can apply ice. Or even better than icing, you can do the contrast bath routine. Now, you could take anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen or naproxen, but for a number of different reasons, I don't often recommend non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs for most runners. Now, we created a separate lesson that actually shows you the specific on each of the strategies that reduce inflammation, and that lesson is actually in the metatarsal stress fracture recovery course. The first benefit of reducing inflammation is that you're going to have less pain. Less pain is a good thing for many reasons. Most importantly, when you stop the inflammation, you have less inflammatory fluid around the injured structure. The inflammatory fluid contains enzymes that are supposed to break down collagen. And since collagen is one of the primary building blocks of healing during the initial stages of any injury, you have to make sure you're not slowing down the initial healing process just by having all that inflammatory fluid marinating around the injury site. One of the biggest benefits of getting the inflammation out is it helps you make a better assessment of how severe your injury is. Don't ever forget, no matter what a doctor tells you, every runner is different, every patient is different, and every injury is different. If you're younger, you're going to heal faster. If you're older, you're going to heal slower. Most people understand and accept that as fact. But what most doctors don't seem to want to accept is that mild stress fractures heal a whole lot faster than severe metatarsal stress fractures. They don't all take six weeks. If you just have some inflammation within the bone or around the bone, you may completely calm it down just by doing all the things we teach in to reduce inflammation in the metatarsal stress fracture recovery course. But don't think that means just taking one pill because I don't think that works. The more things you actively do to reduce the inflammation and get that fluid out of there, the faster the stress fracture is going to calm down. So that's step one. Get the inflammatory fluid out. The second step is to heal the injury. You have to do something to repair the damaged tissue. If you have a stress fracture, we presume there is a crack in the bone. Although most people think if they get an x-ray and have a stress fracture, they think they're going to see some little line on the x-ray which indicates a visible crack, but that's not the case most of the time. As an aside, I think most runners who get pain in the foot that's been labeled a stress fracture, it's not really a crack. Technically, it's not really a fracture at all. It's just a stress reaction or a stress response. And if you have some swelling in the bone because you have a stress reaction, you don't really need to heal a crack in the bone. But if you do have a real stress fracture, then you have to heal that crack. A fracture healing works like this. You get a crack in the bone and the bone bleeds. You get a blood clot that forms between the ends of the bone in that crack. 
the clot starts to solidify and turn into this sort of plastic-like material that doctors refer to as soft bone callus. Once the inflammatory phase of wound healing ends, within a few days, the proliferative phase of wound healing takes over. That second phase of wound healing, the proliferative phase, is where the real magic happens. You start getting little strands of collagen forming within that blood clot. These little fibers that reinforce the soft bone callus and make it much, much stronger, that's all collagen. The collagen actually starts to stabilize the bone in that way. At that point, you start to have a lot less pain because the injury site has so much collagen stabilizing it that the bone doesn't even hurt when you push or move on it. Now, the key two points here are that the second phase of wound healing, which actually involves rebuilding and repairing of the stress fracture, does not begin until the inflammatory phase is over. So that again just points to the fact that you have to get all of that inflammatory fluid out first. You have to get rid of it. The second thing is that you have to let the collagen form without disrupting the healing. You're listening to the Doc on the Run podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Is it possible to keep running even if I have a stress fracture? How can I tell if I really have a neuroma without seeing a doctor? How can I tell if I have a stress fracture without getting x-rays? What can I do to help my plantar plate heal without losing all of my fitness? What are all the tricks Dr. Segler uses with elite athletes to keep them running? Whenever I see a runner in person, I walk them through the diagnosis process and I actually show them how to figure out whether they have a plantar plate sprain or a neuroma or a stress fracture. Then I just show them how to reduce the stress on that one injured structure so you can stay active and get back to running and not lose all your fitness. After sitting down with individual runners over and over guiding them through this process, I realized I could just put the same information in a video course and show you exactly how I do this so you can do the same thing right now in your own home. This course taught me exactly how I could tell whether or not I had a plantar plate sprain. This course showed me how I could decrease the stress on my metatarsals so I could keep working out. When my doctor told me I needed to stop running, I knew that was crazy. The Ball of Foot Pain course helped me look at it differently so I could keep running. Sign up for the Ball of Foot Pain course for runners so you can get back to running. All right, welcome back to the Doc on the Run podcast. The second thing is that you have to let the collagen form without disrupting the healing. You need to make sure that you have a diet that will support the healing process. Collagen is just a type of protein. To build protein in your body, you need to eat protein and have collagen in your diet. If you eat lots of meat, then you probably get enough of this. If you're concerned that you don't have enough protein in your diet, you can also take collagen supplements specifically formulated to help rebuild collagen. It's not just collagen alone. Your body also needs vitamin C, copper, and other micronutrients to really build collagen efficiently. Now, after you get some stability and a little initial healing around the stress fracture, your body will start to turn the fracture site into stable hard bone. At that point, you also need to make sure that you have plenty of calcium and vitamin D in your diet. You also need to make sure that you stay hydrated to help facilitate the ongoing process of rebuilding and reinforcing the strength of the bone so it gets back to maximum strength. During this process of collagen formation and maturation of the bone, you have to make sure that you don't do anything to disrupt the healing. If you're running on it every day just to do a test run to check it out and see how it feels, you're just going to be ripping apart all the collagen fibers. 
obviously that's going to slow down healing. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't maintain your fitness. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't maintain your fitness. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to quit running entirely. You just have to make sure you're not disrupting the healing process. And that takes us to the third issue, which is too much stress applied to that particular structure. Don't forget, whatever you did, whether it was running hills, running on uneven surfaces, doing too much speed work before your body could fully recover... You did something that injured that tissue. If you keep doing the same thing, you can expect the damage to get worse. Now, obviously, you're not going to keep doing the same thing because it would hurt. But to get it to heal, you definitely need to have less stress on that tissue, less stress than you did when you injured it. So you have to do something to decrease the motion that would apply stress to that tissue, to that one particular bone. You have to do something to decrease the pressure applied to that bone to let it to heal. Now, doctors often refer to this as either immobilization or offloading. Immobilization just means you're holding a body part still so it can heal. Offloading means you're taking pressure away from one particular structure to reduce the stress so it can heal. The most effective form of offloading is using crutches. If you don't put your foot on the floor and you don't walk on it, Obviously, there's no pressure at all, but that's not going to work for a runner. Some doctors think of not running as a form of offloading just because you're applying less stress to the foot once you stop running. Of course, not running doesn't really work for runners either. The point here is that you should think of relative immobilization and relative offloading. If you use shoes that are stiffer and have a curvature under the ball of the foot, which decreases the stress to the metatarsal bone, that's a form of relative immobilization. If you put pads underneath your shoe insert to take pressure away from that particular metatarsal bone, that's a form of relative offloading. When you want to heal a metatarsal stress fracture, you really have to focus on all the different strategies and ways you can decrease the motion, decrease the pressure, and decrease the stress to that particular metatarsal bone. And we discuss all of this in vivid detail in all of the other lessons in the ball of foot pain course for runners and the metatarsal stress fracture recovery course for runners. And we're going to walk you through all of those different strategies you can use as a runner to decrease the stress to the structures of the ball of the foot in those courses. The point here is that you don't necessarily need a casting crutches, but you have to do something to reduce that stress. Most of the time, runners can do this at home without even seeing a doctor. You just have to understand what the options are and then pick the ones that are going to work for you. Again, if you want to run and you want the thing to heal, you just have to make sure that the total amount of stress applied to that injured structure is low enough that you're below your threshold for healing. So again, just to summarize, number one, get the inflammation out. Number two, make sure you get the building blocks in And number three, reduce the stress, pressure, and motion. Then, monitor your symptoms closely. If the pain is going away, you're on the right track. If your swelling's going down, you're on the right track. Once you're on the right track, start ramping up your workouts so you can stay fit. The goal should be to keep ramping up activity while your symptoms keep going down. Don't just rest. Don't just stop running. Be proactive. Make sure you understand the ways to heal and get back to running. If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me. And then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.